Hello and welcome to the Drunken Transfer, an all-new fantasy football podcast designed to help and hopefully not hinder your progress throughout the Premier League season. You join us at the beginning of our journey in pre-season. Fixtures have just been announced today. Uh, Once the season begins, we'll be uploading a show weekly for you to digest with our hints, tips and transfers, probably tinged with uh, regret of our inevitable failing fantasy Football folly. The one like constant paint colour yeah. in fantasy football land that is always like the 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 sweet sweet smell of regret or the sour sour smell yeah. of regret. Well, it mean, usually involves some form of regret, drunken or not. Well, exactly. When we we called the drunken transfer. So to start it off on a pre- predictably morose note, there was a study in the Guardian, wasn't there, that said that if you play fantasy football, you're likely to be depressed. So disclaimer from the start: if you're feeling a bit sad, <laughs> when the fun stops. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> in play now. Yeah. Uh, I'm Vince Docting, uh, and uh, I will be joined by the lovely deep voice that you have heard there, the Berkshire boy making all the noise. All the noise everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Mr. Bushwatch, my lovely housemate, Jacob Not Southclive. just a long-suffering fantasy football player, but a long-suffering Reading fan. Yeah, which kind of makes it a slightly different dynamic because, I mean, not to rub salt into the wound but uh, Reading aren't getting to the Premier League anytime soon after the transfer developments you've told me about Man United are not getting to close to the Premier League title anytime soon no, either so it's, it's true you brought me on not solely to be the promoted team correspondent for bargain buys but um, but partly and we're going to have a um, we're going to have a championship transfer room embargo on, on the opening episode purely because I've been dealt the very um, bitter news today that my beloved Beloved Josh Laurent is actually going to Stoke. Yeah. He's traded in Friday nights under the floodlights at Amadeuski for a cold Tuesday well, home it, match at it, Stoke. It's not looking good because Laurent's off, Lucas Zhao's off, it's, it's rumoured Rinamotta's off. If you don't know much about championship football, if you don't follow it too much, this isn't a particularly sort of, you know, red hot prediction for next season. Reading a fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's it's um, I, I wouldn't say that's the boldest thing you've ever come out with. I was going to say as well, as aside from the very kind intro you gave me, another thing you've you've neglected to mention. I'm sorry that the gloves are coming off so early. I am the better fantasy. Well, player. I was gonna I was gonna say this. The so numbers was, don't lie. No, they don't. Um, and I've actually done a little bit of um, number crunching today. Uh, I, I genuinely I thought that you had been playing fantasy football longer than me. It turned oh, out when, well I, when I when I looked at it, and, and as you're presumably about to say right now. You started earlier than me, but you had maybe like a three-year like exercise where you didn't play at all. I did a, um, a Pep Guardiola sabbatical. I did um, stay well away from all things fantasy Premier League for about, like like you say, two or three years. But in that time, I became leaner, probably became meaner. But I mean, I, I won't be taking another sabbatical anytime soon, not just because you wrote me into starting this podcast with you, but I mean, we've both got the bug, Finnegus. Yeah, well, that this is it. So you you, you restarted back again in uh, 2018, 2019. I had started a couple of years before that, but I, I sort of started to actually take it seriously. I think the couple of seasons where I started playing it, I basically gave up halfway through the season and yeah. would end up making like too many, I'd take like 20 point hits. 2018-2019 is when I, I think where I started playing against other people and I thought I want to get competitive. But you restarted in 2019 as well. So in my head, before I was going to look at the stats, I was like, well, Jacob's got an excuse. He's been playing it longer than me. It's not true. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've looked at the stats. As a podcast, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to try and help you, the listener, throughout this season. Hints and tips. Pedigree wise, we're, 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 we're sort of. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you your, your your credit where it's due here, Jacob. In the lo- over the last four years, you have 
consistently hit over 2,100 points. Yeah. Uh, your first year of joining back, you um, got to 610k, which is respectable. Next year, 140k. Year after that, the penultimate season, which was the first year that we lived together, 70k. I remember being really disappointed with that 70k yeah. as well, because around Christmas sort of time, I remember I was like comfortably in the top 50k, yeah. and that was I set that as the goal then, and it just I, I dropped off. I mean, I really suffered for not having Kane and Son for reasons I cannot explain. And then similarly, this season just gone. I, w- I was I didn't have as good a season, but I tailed off towards the end as well. Well, this year I was doing I was doing quite well. This last year, I was uh, inside the top hundred k um, for quite a bit of the season. I was sort of kind of like dancing around the sort of kind of like early you know hundred hundred ten hundred twenty k. Um, completely stacked my chip strategy and that's where you ended up clawing back you were 177k which is still good i ended up 340k but here's the numbers so i've crunched them giving you your lovely numbers um i am over these four seasons 641 points behind you and 3,837,138 places different and the funny thing is when I think of us as football fans, and again, knives out early, I tend to think of you as a more reactionary It's true. Fan. I absolutely I, uh, am. Like, well, yeah, we were watching the Juventus Inter Milan game, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, a couple, exactly a couple of months ago. And Dusan Vlahovic, who's obviously been in superb form this season, um, didn't have a very good game. Yeah, that's all you'll say. <laughs> oh, shit. You <laughs> shit. He's rubbish. <laughs> It's, but, an, it's an expensive tree. Yeah, well, but I mean, you can't argue against the stats. Yeah, he's he's that? he's the second top scorer. I mean, if he was playing Premier League football with those stats, you'd have got him in. I mean, there's what's the what's the saying? There is there are uh, lies, damned lies, and statistics. Yeah, yeah. And you don't even have Mason Mount. You said was shit. You said Declan you know, Rice. Declan Rice. You said was shit. Jude Bellingham. I mean, admittedly, admittedly, <laughs> I don't. Half the <laughs> I don't always get it right either because I remember you telling me that you thought. Timo Werner was shit. Yeah. And my, my, my reaction when Turbo you Timo. say Turbo Timo, my reaction when you say somebody is shit after having seen them for maybe one or two games is always, oh, hang on a minute, let's give it a time. I give them the of... kiss of life. Yeah. It's like it's like it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough love, you know. Yeah. It's it's you know treat them mean, turn Keep them into fantastic fantasy assets, you know. Fantasy machine. Talking about our our finishes, I'm, I'm glad you didn't bring up my early fantasy career because it's, it's you've touched a real. Mm. Like with with the whole longevity thing, because it's a long old season. It I know is. it's a cliche, but like when my brother and I used to play it back in the day, embarrassingly, <laughs> we didn't used to play the official version for years. We played the fancy football on the de- on the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, well, you know what? I got started off onto fantasy football by my stepdad. Yeah, because he read all of those. Absolute bollocks tabloid newspapers. Right, exactly. And also, like, in the tabloids, they used to print the player prices at the back, yeah. right? And, and But you had to pay to enter the Telegraph one. I only got onto the official one because, well, it A, looked nicer, B, the rules actually made sense or were fair of the point scoring. And it's, you know, it's the mm. official game, isn't it? And it's huge now. It's played by over 10 million people now. Yeah, and that's really why we've sort of started the podcast, because when it comes to our conversations, a lot of them, when it's the the Premier League season do do revolve around fantasy football and I found myself at a weird juncture really because Manchester United have been so bad over the last two or three years or so I'll be watching Long our games that. going into them against like the, 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 the big six and I will be watching the Man United games going oh, we're going to lose here 
But I don't mind too much if De Bruyne scores because at least I get five points. <laughs> well, so that's the beauty. It's the agency, isn't the, it? Well, that's it. The beauty of fantasy football, in a similar way, it it kind of by having the vested interest in knowing that one of your players is playing in a particular fixture, like even something as innocuous as like I don't know Newcastle Southampton. Yeah. I'm you know until a few years ago, a game like that would completely pass me by. But mm. now knowing I might have an Alan St Maximan that might pop up with an assist yeah. for me, or I'm having I don't know Fraser Ford in goal. I mean, when it was the, the, the when we moved in together, like you know, a couple seasons back. Oh, because it was right the height of the started. We were literally watching because every single every match. it was like a fancy Nirvana, wasn't yeah. it? Because you could have eyes on every single game. Also, just before we move on, big shout out to Colin South for oh. giving us the ability to be able to watch all those games. He's Mr. Football. I'm he, sure he it's really his is. fault that I have that my life has taken twists and turns in order to get me on this this path because. <laughs> You, I don't think you could name a man who is more vested in his sport yeah. than Colin Towns. But um, yes, um, in terms of like our playing styles, totally different. I reckon I'm more knee jerk. You're more considered. We both, you know, I would like. I'd like bash to think. Our way I'd, I'd like to think I'm more considered. I think what I think what your what 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 your strength is, and I actually think the reactionary stuff probably feeds into it. Is you are. Particularly good, I, I do think, at being cutthroat. But you're also pretty good at getting in assets that you you actually genuinely do not rate in real life, but you recognise are in yeah. a, a hot vein of form. And I think that's quite a good swallowing your pride. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, the, um, the the what I'm most looking forward to on the drunken transfer, other <laughs> than us having a go at each other for inevitably making drunken transfers or two. Um, is having a good old-fashioned argument with you over a transfer of yours that I think is rubbish. Yeah. Um, because there have been times over the last two years where I wish we'd had a mic running in the background when I'd, I'd be like, <laughs> why have you brought in this? But And then you were like, why have you brought in, I don't know, Lowton? Can I also just make the point as well that we've called ourselves a drunken transfer. We named ourselves that about an hour ago or so, potentially in some sort of way to make ourselves look cool and young. We are currently sitting happen. here at the table having spent an hour trying to work out a rename our microphone's <laughs> drinking tea. Tea, so, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that notorious <laughs> alcoholic beverage. Yeah, look, as I said before, um, you join us the start of pre-season, really, the start of a fantasy football manager's pre-season. We're going to probably try and bring out maybe four podcasts or so for you. The, the one that sort of kind of preempted us sort of kind of starting the podcast today is the fact that fixtures have been released. We're going Ooh. to talk a little bit about who looks like they, they have the best start, what sort of assets you should be focusing on. Uh, when the prices are released, we'll talk about that as well. And then, you know, we'll probably do a couple of episodes where we look at what pre-season's been like mm. for the teams uh, and also maybe do something related to our predictions for who's going to be top of the table, who's going to get relegated, who'll be the top scorer, that sort of I love Premier League pre-season. Because, I love it. Well, because it's, it's that time of the year when everyone falls into the trap of bringing in a player who's looked red hot during pre-season. The example I always bring up, and I'm sure people listening at home can relate to this, Reading played Chelsea in a pre-season friendly. I think Chelsea beat his 3-0 and Ross Barkley scored a brace. And he'd had a red-hot pre-season. I think he'd scored like three or four times, bad couple of assists. And everyone on online, like on Reddit and Twitter was saying, oh my God, I think this is Ross Barkley's year. I think this is this is, this is is when he finally like lives up to the bill. Uh, no, I Barkley mean, that never happened. He did actually have an okay start to his Chelsea career. <laughs> Yeah. But you know, you'd look back on that now, and you go, really? "Oh yeah." But but preseason's great for that because yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to sinking our teeth into. I, I don't know, you, at, at United, um, old Anthony Martial might come back from Sevilla and bag a hat. Well, it's strange, really. We, we, 
United's preseason, we we always have a couple of performers who end up doing really stellar. Who um, uh, you know have been from the reserves. Andres Pereira tends to always have decent preseasons. I remember Adnan Yanazai tends to have good preseasons. Adnan Yanazai, what a blast in the park. I know, yeah, but the, but those players never they never Axel Twanzebe's had a good couple yeah. of preseasons, but never able to break into the. I mean, he wasn't even able to break into the Aston Villa lineup for Christ's sake. So. Or Napoli. <laughs> Might be a very looking, very different looking United team as well by the time. Well, and, and we'll, um, we will talk about. I mean, we, we, there's, there's not too much to talk about quite yet, just because we haven't made any signings. But that is <laughs> definitely something I want to talk about. Reading, Reading have got about nine senior players for next. You watch this be turned players. into a championship. Oh yeah, no, I'm slowly infiltrating. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're yeah. It. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Opening fixtures out today. Um, we've both had a look at them. Obviously, we can talk a little bit more about which assets um, look good in terms of pricing structure once the game's launched. But looking at the opening fixtures, who are you targeting, JT? Well, it's like everyone... Here's the thing. I think this is going to be the first... Make a note of this. It's the first time we're going to we're gonna differ, I think, and, and deviate. I don't want to steal your thunder. I know that you've been eyeing up City for obvious reasons. Yeah, Because course. you've got to, right? Because if you look at City's fixtures... They start off away to West Ham, and that's probably well, but that's probably as difficult as it gets mm. for them over the next five or six game weeks because um, the one which everyone's going to be licking their lips at is their first home fixture um, when Bournemouth are in town. Yeah, and I mean that that is going to surely be a bloodbath because newly promoted Bournemouth under Scott Parker will. A lot of people will be looking at that and thinking, okay, they will be lambs to Slaughterhouse, mm. which is run by Chief Butcher, new signing <laughs> Erling Haaland. Whether or not people go in for all Haaland early doors is, is going to be interesting because I know um, in fancy football land, yeah. it's always a bit of a risk to jump on a new signing without... Because Haaland, brilliant player, he hasn't played in the Premier League yet and... I can name several examples. I mean, I, I know Lukaku's not a great one because I know he well, was briefly at Chelsea well before. And he did. The one I was flirting with getting in first game week last season yeah. because he was a cheaper option than Bruno Fernandes, who had the brilliant season the season before. Okay. I nearly got in Jaden Sancho the first week. Yeah, well, I think I, I, I may have... Because I think he was, I think he was well. like... Three odd million cheaper, mm. and everyone thought brilliant. Marquee signing, surely he's going to start. Yada yada yada. The thing with Holland um, at home to to Bournemouth, I have no doubt that he's going to hit the ground running in, in terms of he's going to perfectly complement their style. City have been crying out for for someone to put away the the many chances that they create. Mm. It's going to all depend on, and this is going to be a theme, I'm sure. It's going to all depend on his price because it's. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine it's going to come in around 11 million. That's we, my, my, my prediction. Because the, 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 it's premium, but at the end of the day, he is untested in the Premier League. Yeah, and an attractive the option. Of yeah. that they'll throw. The, the, when it comes to team build, I'm sure we'll talk about this too. I always, <laughs> I always do the very um, balls to the wall thing straight away. Like, right, how many premiums can I fit in? Yeah. Like, well, so that that was what I was also going to ask you as well. Is how do you sort of in 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 terms of in terms of like premium assets and also potentially the signing of Erling Haaland, the signing of Darwin Nunez, is there a more of a shift in premium attacking assets that season that you've moved towards? Well, because we, there was an absolute dearth of good strikers last season, yeah. barring Kane, right? Um, and, and uh, even then, he didn't come yeah, good exactly, to that January. Exactly. Dennis until so, um, so I don't know. I feel like I, I will always like look at who I can't afford to go without and then build around without 
dipping the overall quality mm. too much. I, I, you know the way I play. I always have a bit of a thin bench as well, and I think you the do. only time I've ever bulked out my bench has been in the land of in in the era of COVID. Well, and that's going to but, be an, that's going to be an interesting um, that's going to be an interesting bridge to gap. Whether you do need more of a bench this year because the World Cup is going to. I mean, last year, the, yeah, you, the, clearly a bench was needed because of the amount of fixture postponements with COVID. Obviously, the Premier League have come out and said today now that uh, I think actually yesterday, sorry, that, that it's going to require a lot more to get fixture cancellation. So hopefully, it will be a bit yes. more fixed in terms of. The actual structure. Indeed. So, in t- so going back to teams targeted. Yes, right. Sorry. So I realised I started an argument with you and didn't follow through. <laughs> so, um, right. I know that you're licking your lips at City. Yeah. Because look, just to rattle them off, I mean, West Ham, Bournemouth, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away. What sort of Newcastle are they going to face? Completely. They the haven't thing. signed too many players yet, but they, they probably are going to make moves. And then they've got a nice little run, which according to this um, grid that I've um, nicked off Holly Shand... Shout Thank out you. Holly Shand on Twitter, good, really good fellow. Um, the, the City then play in game weeks four, five, and six. Palace at home. Yeah. Forest, newly promoted Forest at home, mm-hmm. Steve Cooper. And then they're away to Villa. And Villa dipped off at the end of last season. So that three fixture run is quite tasty, it's, it's really. Yeah. I don't know if Palace are going to have as good a season this year. Well, I mean, I, and they've got a difficult start, and I, and I, I personally would not be looking at Crystal Palace assets. No, for, for, I mean, the, first the fact weeks. that they have to play um, all three of Arsenal, Liverpool, and City yeah. in, the, in the, mean, the first six. Is... If you're thinking about Wilfred Zaha, I would wait. Don't yeah. lie. So it's, it's, why, why are you not looking at? City? The reason, well, I know everyone, everyone apart from the hall and not everyone being able to get off the ground running. Yeah, the uh, people are going to flock to City for understandable reasons yeah. because you know they they are going to be the team to be again. I think. And they've got the probably the best start. I feel like people are overlooking Liverpool. Oh no! I mean, I, 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 I do. I, because I, 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 I know what you're saying because Liverpool statistically, if you, there's a good article on the Athletic today. If you've got a subscription to the Athletic, if you don't get one, it's brilliant. Um, if, if if you have, go and read the article on fixture difficulty because they've done a nice aggregation system. Stats, we love them, and <laughs> Liverpool don't have supposedly as easy as a start as City, but Fulham away on the first. I mean, surely people are going to be looking well, to triple. The thing is, I, I don't know. I mean, F- Fulham away. Yeah. F- Fulham, I, I had to roll my eyes when Fulham got promoted again this year. I mean, like the, the very <laughs> definition of a yo-yo team. I think I can probably count on half a hand the number of Fulham assets I've had over the years. Yeah. I think it's it's really only been like Mitrovic and Ariola, and even then Mitrovic has never he's, oh, he kills the championship. Well, he's never done Mitrovic, this. Mitrovic absolutely. This is the time. Mitrovic bullied people last year and like scored like just an absurd number of goals. And and are you interested to see what price he rocks rocks in at as well? Because he'll be a six and a half. Yeah, or more. Do you think? I mean, Tony killed the championship and he came at six and a half. He did, and he came to life eventually. Eventually, yeah. But um, yeah, Fulham away. Liverpool are going to get a fast start there, I'm sure. I have um, to. And also, if you look at Mohamed Salah, he does hold the record for the most consecutive opening game week scored with four currently. That's the current trend that he's on. Uh, sure. And, well, and, and, and he'll continue that. And I know it's similar to what I was saying earlier about, you know, thinking very briefly, flirting with the idea of downgrading like Bruno to like a yeah. Sancho or whatever. I'll be interested in the number of people game we won that think, oh, well, I'll go without Salah. Because to me, that is like fancy I, suicide. I, I, because it, surely, yeah. Because to me, currently at least, Salah is probably the only nailed Liverpool attacker in that line. Because if, yeah. if Mane does what is expected at the time recording goes to Bayern, mm-hmm. 
They've signed Nunez. Yeah. They've got Jota. They've got Diaz. And to me, Diaz would have been a more attractive option to me had they not signed Nunez. Yeah. And now they have. I think Diaz has gone from someone who would be absolutely but do you think starting. Diaz is still guaranteed to start because Jota didn't have a good end of last year. It's true. And at the end of the day, Diaz can play off the left, which is where Marnie was traditionally playing. Yeah. Now that Mane is going, and Mane was obviously playing in the centre when Diaz was playing, but when but but Mane would sometimes keep Diaz out of the side last season. Diaz was in such a rich vein of form. If you have Salah on the right, Diaz on the left, yeah. Diego Jota hmm. traditionally, when playing for Liverpool, has played in the centre. Yeah. Well, same with rotation for Firmino, exactly. Right? Yeah, and the, same with Firmino, yeah. which means that then if you're looking at the the, the front three of Liverpool, I think what you I think, will see will be a Salah I Nunes. Think if, if, if um if Diaz is reasonably priced, I would be tempted, very tempted to Again, d- to double up on salary. Early Diaz. prediction, I think, would be nine. Okay, I think right. that would be. Are we interested to see was, right, when they like, when come out? I think eight from was a snap. Yeah, I do. By the way, I, I thought it was an but, absolute yeah, bargain. But were rotating because of Mane, but now if he's slightly so, more like to but, start, yeah, I can see like, the emphasis on Liverpool. I think but with sense. Liverpool, I feel like it doesn't really get much worse for him because I mean, again, Pat, so they've got Fulham away, Palace at home, yep. so. Same as um, I think City have got Palace at home as well, haven't they? In their first, um, yeah, yeah they do. They both have to play Palace at home in their first six. The the one which I think people mm-hmm. are, are sort of wincing at, looking at those fixtures when I think they shouldn't. And I'm sorry to say this, Finn. They Liverpool playing United away does oh, not bother I, I me know. at all. Again, we, because we saw what Liverpool did to United yeah, last season. We, you know, you, you you don't know what the new Ten Hag team is going to be like. But three games in. You know, we haven't made any transfers so far anyway. So in terms of going into the preseason, and I know that it is a long time away still. It's about three weeks or so, but we're not going to make enough transfers. We're not going to bring enough players in to be able to start preseason yeah. with a squad that is ready to go and ready to implement our strategy. So I think that the start of United next season could be a little bit fragmented. So no, I, I think that's completely fair enough. I think Liverpool um, would be licking their lips at playing United three games. And when I, when I saw the fixtures today, I thought, but, because I was hoping yeah. that we'd have a slightly easier start yeah. and then when it came to playing the big teams United would be slightly more together I think it's completely fair to suggest that Liverpool are, are ripe pickings when it comes to their third game and then just like assuming like straight off the bat that Liverpool leave um, Old Trafford with a, a resounding 5-0 win in their pockets mm. they then um, go back to Anfield to play Bournemouth yep, yep. so is, same as is, City yeah. and um so, and then again, like City, they play Newcastle. So there's similarities. Do you think that this would? Because again, going back to the Man City stuff that you were talking about before, do you think that that is reason, stocking up on Liverpool means that you will not stock stock up so much on Man City? To, again, all dependent on price structures. It does, doesn't it? Because I think a pitfall I fell into at the back end of last year. I think yeah. my, my team was like ninety percent City, Liverpool, Chelsea, mm. and um, I think you. As, as well, when you when you triple up on assets like early doors, and I think I probably will end up having triple Liverpool, triple City. Yeah. The problem that gives you in terms of like a structure Tri- down Triple the line. City against West Ham is quite bold. And I, 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 I would be angling towards getting Haaland in. I would argue that... I would argue that, that City signing Haaland um, is a little bit like Pep Guardiola reinventing the wheel. They obviously haven't had a central striker for the last two seasons or so. They've been playing with that false nine. The system has worked and other teams have gone to try and adopt it as well. Liverpool have been adopting it with, you know, Jota, Mane playing that centre-forward position. You've got Chelsea with Havertz. To a certain extent, you've even sort of had Kane pushing deeper into his role. And so a lot of those teams have been trying to 
slightly mimic Pep's system because it's been so bloody good. If Pep's then moving away from that system again by signing Haaland, I think their system will be tweaked and Haaland will be that first player they all tweak for. And I think that it, in doing so, I think that he will be coming up with a tactical system which other managers are not expecting. See the, the, I think, and, 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 and as such, I think that it's, and I, I, I have such implicit faith in yeah. his ability to be able to go and do that yeah. because he has done it time and time again where he has made little tweaks to be able to progress I, the football I think league against I, it. I, think, I kind of think that that... But, is a, but this, this is the, what I will contest. Yeah. And I am agreeing with you that I think Holland is going to do well. He's, I do. He's, I do. He's, 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 he's not going to flop. I don't that. agree with these sweeping statements like um, saying that Pep's going to change the system there was an article in The Guardian. Again, we should be getting sponsorship from The Guardian. <laughs> um, Barney Renee, who I really like, said, said, oh, well, it's a dream transfer hall in the city, but one of them's got to change. And, and like the inference being, oh, well, Holland's a different striker to how City play. And, and like Holland and, and City are a different team. But, 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 but I disagree because I think Holland is the perfect striker for City. For years, they've had players on the end of chances like Sterling, yeah. who can hit a bundle with a banjo. Or, um, you know, like you say, an unconventional. He's a different player to Jesus. Yeah, so I, so I don't think there is going to be a. A massive tactical change. I think he slots in quite seamlessly. And to a certain extent, I do agree with that. But I think Pep has brought him in. With not not he Pep is going to be forced to change. I think Pep has brought him with the mindset of I would like to change. Yeah. I would like to be able because if you do the same thing, and we've seen this year on, you stagnate you, and you people get caught exactly, on. And, and, yeah. and, and it doesn't work. If you buy it's, by buying Holland, he gives you a different option. And I'm not saying the system is going to change drastically. It gives him a different he, dimension because he's a conventional striker. Exactly. And right. it means that I they, see your you point. Know, because, because like with Pep's team with Sane and Sterling in it, they were focusing on getting to the byline. Mm. They were focusing on putting those balls into the back stick and they were scoring so many goals like yeah. that. Well, they then lost Sane and they then ended up focusing on other assets like Foden, like Grealish this season to a certain extent. And and they, they, they've become a little bit more ticky-tacker again. And it's, I just think Haaland's going to be the next evolution. Yeah, I think I, they'll succeed. We're running a little bit out of time, but I want to yeah. touch on two or three more teams really quickly who have made moves in the market so far. And... Um, whether we think that they have made good moves. Mm, okay. The first one I want to touch on is Spurs and their actions. They've agreed to deal with Yves Basuma. He's completing medical over the next day or so. He's going to be coming. Perisic has been signed as a left wing back option. Do you think Tottenham's movement have been good so far? Uh, would you back them going into the season? I, I think that Spurs' recruitment have be, has, has been a non-drunken set of transfers. I think they've been very sober and astute. Very and, Yeah, very... <laughs> Perisic, for me, yeah. even though he's been... It's like, a defensive option. Well, this is the thing. Lazily, everyone, people have gone, oh, well, he's, he's old, he's going to be rotated. If he's listed at FPL Towers um, <laughs> as... As a defender in the game, he won't be a cheap defender. If he oh, is. but I'll Just tell you what, Finn. Him, but, but to me, yeah. it's such a, a, a like a romantically attractive option for me because, like, in would, fa- would you get him in early doors? In fantasy terms, I'd be interested to see what his game time situations like before you know. In pre-season, yeah, but yeah, in fantasy terms, if you're a defender who you know has that attacking potential, all you need, all you need, is like a jammy assist, mm. a clean sheet, yeah. and then to be subbed off. 
post the 60th minute and you'd sit in on like a 12 or 14 pointer. Sure. And for me, Perisic, especially with what we did in Serie A last season, Perisic is one where I'm thinking, okay, this, and also he's a Conte, he's a Conte player, um, knows the system, is like an out-and-out proper wing-back. I mean, you saw what Conte did for the likes of um, Matt Doherty last season. Right, right. right. players that we'd I, I know myself had written off, yeah, not just in fancy yeah, terms, yeah. but in footballing yeah. terms, right? <laughs> Given a new lease of life. Mm. I think Perez is going to be great. Um, Basuma, I know he's not going to be a, a fantasy asset per he's, se. He's not, but He's I in know. that bracket of player like, um, I don't know, a Brown Hill or a Kante... <laughs> Or a um, or a Fred. You say that his goal scoring output is better than that. Well, his, for, he, for me, Basuma was my Basuma was my enabler midfield transfer a couple of years ago. Yeah. For me, for me, it's it's all about their their wing backs. For yeah. me, for me, Spurs are are wing back central because well, if well, the one we haven't mentioned, I'm. I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it's been wrapped up officially yet, has it? But Jed Spence. Well, yeah, I mean, he would be a brilliant replacement if, for If Spurs yeah. signed Jed Spence from Middlesbrough, obviously off the back of his fantastic loan um, last season at, at Forest, newly promoted Forest, he, he's going to be one that, if he's reasonably priced, mm. I, might, I might also... I keep wondering if people are going to go in for someone like Tarek Lamptey because he is, yeah. is, is I mean his injury stuff is an issue but he's sort of similar to Jed Spence. On the subject of Brighton I know this is the transfer segment so I'll keep this brief yeah. Brighton's uh, Brighton's fixtures we were looking at the fixture list earlier Brighton's fixtures are alright I've reckoned for, for like if you're looking Do for you a, start away to us if you're looking for a cheap keeper depending on how um how he's how they're priced early doors. I might well look at... I actually know, vehemently disagree, but we'll come on to that later. <laughs> I genuinely think that's a, genuinely that's a really bad idea. Why? Because they've got rid of Bissouma, who is a, such a brilliant player in front of that back yeah. line. Uh, their other outs... Uh, who else are they, who else are they, are they losing slash lost? Uh, Couturea as well is potentially... Dan Burn. A, <laughs> Dan Burn. <laughs> City potentially getting Couturea. I, 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 I think Brighton might be in for a bit more restraint. Uh, unless they... Start, well, again, we'll talk... If, if they nah, have more right. transfer in-goings, I might agree. Champions League but, contention yeah. this season. You mark um, my words. Very quickly, Aston Villa, I know you've praised them when we've had our chats before. You think their um, recruitment has been really good? Yeah, well... Oh, you they, they, they had a really ropey end to last season, and that's kind of tempered any excitement I had. But let's talk about who they've signed. I mean, like, give me a couple of names. Bubakar Kamara. Yeah, brilliant. I think that United should have been all over that. Diego Carlos. Again, astute, like he was one that Newcastle were in for last season. Adds a bit of steel to the back line. Probably not really like. Is he, more of a fan, is he more of a fancy option than someone but, like an Ezri Conte? But again, in the same way that, that, that you could argue that... Um, Kamara is... Com- uh, right. The, the Basuma you know, yeah. helps... The and Steele. Does, does, yeah. you know, could help, you know, centre-back or wing-back options for Aston. Enables them to get forward a bit more. And obviously, yeah. one that people used to a great extent last season, who's now signed on a permanent for them, Philippe Coutinho. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah. I mean, I... I think Villa will be improved, certainly mm-hmm. from from the back end of last year. Um, I'll be interested to see what Coutinho does now that he's signed on a permanent. He's going to have a full pre-season. Yeah. He's going to... I mean, he, he loves Gerrard. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they like stay in the same bunk bed. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Villa's recruitment. I think that they did a similar thing last season to mixed results. I think when you're not recruiting from the Premier League mm. and you don't have that experience... It's always a mixed bag on, on on how players are going to get underway. 
Will Diego Carlos and Tyrone Mings mix? I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't is, look at them defensively to start is with. Another one for Villa. Is the ultimate fantasy football eternal troll, Luca Digna, going to have <laughs> yeah. a better season? Because God, from, he was woeful. Oh, Digna, I'm being continuously edged by um, Luca Digna. Because like, he's one that, like, when he made the move from Everton yeah. to, to Villa, I was thinking to myself, this is fancy gold that does this. You've got a creative fullback, reasonably priced, in a decent Villa team. Yeah. Did absolutely sod all. I think he got more one-pointers than he, he did. He like, was shot. Yeah. And the, 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 the funny thing was, is that when you didn't have him, he, he, would, he would actually go and, you know, get some fantasy scoring system. If you're Lock. listening, Luca, like, we've got to have serious words, mate. You've got to butt your ideas yeah, up. come on, fella. Sort it out. Leeds is the last mm, one. I Leeds. So they, they have made a couple of signings. Um, All Leeds, aren't we? Yeah. Two Salzburg players. One, uh, do you know, are you aware of the, the, these guys? Brendan Aronson. Yeah. Who's I, the American winger. 21. Do you know how much they signed him for? I thought it was like a lot of money, wasn't it? It was like 30 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the other, the other, the other guy was... Um, uh, it's interesting. Um, I was listening to John McKenzie, an actual Leeds fan, um, mm. who's, who's um, a new... He was brilliant. I've followed him for many years. He's brilliant on Twitter. He's a very clever man, talks a lot about tactics and whatnot. Had his own tactics podcast. And he was making the point that uh, with Leeds', Leeds signings, mm. you know, yes, it's a bit dull how they're just going to buy from, from Red Bull, who, you know, have played in systems under Jesse Marsh. Will we see Red Bull Leeds? <laughs> no, that's that's another shit that's but but to me they're more attractive from in my own mind knowing that they because they know the style of play and they know the system and yeah. they know the manager they're probably in more of a position to hit the ground running than a player who's like more of an I don't an know about a young 30 mil winger man I mean I they, won't be, they, they, they won't be top of my watch fixture, list then. the fixtures actually look okay Leeds is I, I, I um, again I'm I'm not sure about, about Leeds Rafinha is going to be a big loss when he eventually goes I am um, I'll, I'll be honest with you mate um, for me they're probably early favourites to be in the bottom three I maybe. would agree it feels like and, and you know people will be like watching the clock tick up at home, it feels like we've wanged on for about three hours. Um, yeah, it has actually. We, 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 this is meant to be a 30 minute podcast in the edit, it may be less than this. We are going to take, take a hatchet over. to it, we're going to take a hatchet to, to the recording software and our skulls. Yeah, we're at 50 minutes. Boy. I've reached my fantasy football threshold. Yeah, well, hopefully, we're going to be more fantasy focused over the next few podcasts or so. Um, we, I can't wait for the prices to come well, out. Well, me, me neither, and that's what I was going to suggest. Next podcast, uh, that you the next podcast you're going to hear for is our next episode of this. Um, our second episode of our pre-season because uh, we are well into the pre-season of, of, of the drunken transfers um, we are going to be looking at prices when all of the prices are in you will be hearing from us again we will be discussing the best early draft teams oh, I can't wait to lock horns with you over some drafts I can't wait to like, swap drafts and say you got this person in You're this person rubbish you got... yeah it's, it's going to be fun I'm just looking forward to seeing the nice new kits on the FPL Ooh, website yeah, as well. well that's something else we're going to do as well we're, you know, as well as you know we are going to have a sort of in our podcast before the, the the final podcast before the first game week we will be doing our predictions of the Premier League table um, maybe also kind of give our thoughts on who's going to be the, the signing of the season yada 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 spoilers but, it's going to be City and Hall. Yeah. Before that, we are also going to do our kit rankings. <laughs> that's the, that's the real so reason you Yeah, get, get excited, fellas. Um, and yeah, pre-season roundup, transfer yeah. updates, that sort of malarkey. I can't wait. 
until we we see that weirdly i'm looking forward to the list of all the four million pound cheapo cheapo <laughs> defenders because i can't wait to, to, to throw my dart at the dartboard and see which one of them is going to make just my, see well john jorkin is done in three seasons i just want to see who's going to be the next wan or john lundstrom um, yeah well, or tina livermento <laughs> turbo tino <laughs> um, thank you mate it's been good fun yeah cheers Matt I've enjoyed it um, thank you for listening to the first episode of Drunken Transfer the Drunken Transfer the Drunken Transfer again. podcast it's just the Drunken Transfer <laughs> <laughs> uh, join me and Jacob again next time we'll be talking all about player prices thank you for listening goodbye see you later